Okay, good morning. I'm sort of under a handicap. I just had eye surgery on both my eyes, and so I know you're out there. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of like Matt now. I've got these readers because my vision got reversed. I used to be able to see close up really good and not far away. Now that's the opposite. I can see far away, but I can't see close up. So I've got to get used to doing this like Matt does every week, you know, when he <laughs> preaches. I always thought it was annoying, but now I'm going to annoy you too. So, um, I'm a little ticked off at Matt, actually. Uh, I didn't think that was that funny, but anyway, uh, he asked me a, a couple of weeks ago, would you mind preaching? And I said, well, as you well know, I don't preach. I just get up there and share things. And, uh, well, I says, what about Dennis? And what about David? And he, well, they're busy. He lied to me because you're both sitting here. And it would have been much better for you to be here instead of me. So, But anyway, I'm going to do some different stuff. I always do. I'm going to introduce myself because I, I realize that some of you know me and some of you don't. I think that's fair, because I know everybody here doesn't know me. Uh, my name is Randy Catlett. I'll start with that. Um, I am the longest running elder here at Kairos. Um, I've begged to get off the elder board, but they haven't let me yet. So Anyway, um, yeah, I... I just, uh, I guess I am who I am, and uh, I'd like to get to know all of you, actually. I, th I think I probably know three-fourths of you, maybe, but I'm looking at a few faces I don't really know very well, at least, and uh, if you want to get to know me, just introduce yourself to me, and I'll be happy to go the, go the distance, so to speak. Um, David asked me before I got up here how long I was going to preach. And I told him, you know, my record's 30 minutes, so I don't expect to break that this morning. <laughs> and, I, and I've procrastinated long enough. I guess I should do something. Um, so what I want to talk a little bit about is my testimony this morning, because I think testimonies are really good. I, I love to hear people's stories. I think a testimony brings, brings something of heaven into the atmosphere. Uh, when I really listen to a person's story and hear how God has worked through that person, uh, it, it, it always amazes me. I think it reveals uh, the record of God's activity in our lives how he works through us to get us to where he wants us to eventually be. And uh, I've went from ground zero to standing here this morning. And it's been a fun journey along the way. And I thought I would start with a story that happened to me back in 1962. 
I'm just going to give you like three little snippets of my life. And uh, this one, I was 15 years old. And I had a good friend. His name was David. And David was literally a shepherd. He had a flock of sheep, about 120 head of sheep. And uh, on an acreage on south end of Omaha, Nebraska, where I lived at the time. And David was a cool, he was 18 and I was 15. And I don't know why he took me under his wing, but he sort of did. And uh, David was a Christian and I was not. Uh, I knew of God, but I wasn't following God by any stretch of the imagination. And David come up to me one day and this was in like... uh, August, September, late September, and asked me, he says, hey, you know I have a lot of sheep? And I go, yeah. And he says, I'm going to need some help for about the next four months. Would you mind helping me? And I said, help you what? And he says, tend my sheep. And I go, "Uh, all right, you're a good friend. I'll try it and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so I agreed to do that. Uh, we were we were preparing. I was at his house. We were loading up his pickup truck with a lot of hay and a lot of different stuff to to take out to the property where he was. And we we drove out there with all that, and we drove into the property. And there's this 125 sheep. They just all raise their heads, and they're looking at the truck towards us. And I thought, hmm, it's interesting. And uh, so he got out of the truck, got in the back of it where all the hay was and everything. And, uh, he goes, yo, sheep. Oh, wow. And they all came running. It, it like blew my mind. Sheep respond like that? And uh, it was interesting. So we went about our business and we fed the sheep and put out the straw and we had to do a bunch of repair work because he was preparing for winter and, and uh, a lot of the used lamb during that time and we're just getting prepared. And so that was cool and it wasn't too hard to do. And It was a couple weeks later, uh, I was back down at his house and we were loading up the pickup again, putting the straw in. We, we drive out to the property. We drive in. And all the sheep kind of get their head. They look towards the truck again. Only David this time, he says, well, you know what I got to do is I've got to go over to the farmer who's renting this property to me and I got to pay him. So you unload the hay and you do all this and all that. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So he leaves and he's across the street doing business. And I thought, why not? So I go, yo, sheep. And they all turned the other way and ran. (laughs) It was very discouraging. And so anyway, I thought, well, on them, you know. And uh, David comes back, and eventually we we get to talking. And I go, hey, I I have a question. And I says, you come out here, go, yo, sheep, and they come running to you. I come out here and say, yo, sheep, they run the other direction. What's up with that? And he says, it's pretty simple. He says, they don't know your voice. 
They don't know my voice. What do they care? I got the food, you know? But anyway, so part of this story is, is just how God shows me stuff way in advance. So this, this happened. I went through that four months of working with him, and it was when winter came, it was hard, and sheep are stupid, and uh, really stupid. And, uh, but, but I got through it. And then if you want to kind of fast forward like 18 years, I'm 33 years old. I'm born again. And uh, I'm reading the Word. And the, God just opened up the Word to me in a unique way. I, I loved reading His Word, learning about Him. It was all new to me and all that. And I came across John 10. Now, this is 15 years later, or I mean, 18 years later. And here's the verse that struck me. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. For me, that was beautiful. I thought, there it is. I actually had that happen to me. I can witness to that. That makes sense to me. And it was right when I read that passage from Scripture that the word became different to me, that it really was truth, and that... God would show me stuff. And, that, and he's done that my entire life. He, he kind of shows me something and then the reality of it happens later. Or, so, you know, does that happen to you at all? Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad it does. So, I got to take a drink, excuse me. I get dry mouth when I'm up here. Okay, I'm keeping a close eye on the time, David, so it'll only be 30 minutes. All right. Um, I'm going to tell you, back in 1981, I was doing church because my wife liked it. She thought it would be good if I would go to church once in a while. I wasn't a believer at the time. I didn't like church. I was in a Lutheran church, a very small congregation, about this size. And uh, it had a bunch of people in it that I knew, but I knew them from the bar where I used to hang out. <laughs> and I would watch them on Sunday come in to church, all dressed up and kind of holier-than-thou looking and I thought, well, you phony. I mean, you know, you don't act that way in the bar. And uh, anyway, that's a sidetrack. Uh, so I would go to church and all that. And I ended up somehow, only through God doing this, in a Bible study, a men's Bible study. So I'm in this Bible study. And it's the second week, and I don't really want to be there. It's boring, and I don't like it. But out in the parking lot after the, bar, uh, after the Bible study, uh, a guy that I absolutely did not like came up to me. 
So uh, he was kind of, uh, how can I say it nicely? He was kind of effeminate, but he was a good guy. I mean, he was a man's man, but but he just had this voice that bugged me. And, uh, you know, it was like, Randy, I got to tell you something, you know, like that. And I just didn't like the way he talked. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to say, talk like a man, come on. <laughs> but he was much more of a man than I was at that time, and I just didn't realize it. Anyhow, he says, I, I'm, I'm standing here to invite you to something. I've prayed about this for weeks, he said. And th- that kind of talk was very strange to me, somebody actually praying for weeks to talk to me. And uh, he said, I want to invite you to something. I said, what's that? He says, there's this thing, it's called, it, I'm not going to explain a lot of it, but it's called Curcio. And Curcio was a, a movement that came out of the Catholic Church and it was designed to get men back in the church. Because the Catholic Church, this was way back in the 40s. The, the men were just leaving the church, apparently. And uh, so this priest prayed, and the Lord gave him this idea about getting men back in the church. And so he explained Curcio to me. It was a, a three-day event. Already strike one. I'm not going. Uh, he would take me, strike two, <laughs> and, and there was strike three and four in there somewhere. But um, anyway, he said, uh, I'd like to come over. My wife and I would like to come over to your house and uh, sign you up. Would that be okay? Now, out of my mouth, I was sure I heard, no way. Not interested. But what I actually said was, sure, that'll be fine. And I mean, this literally happened. I said things that I didn't think I could say. You know, like, why would I? I don't like this guy. Why would I invite him over to my house? So anyway, my my wife was passed out on the parking lot. But uh, not really. But she was shocked that I said yes to this. And so the day came where they were supposed to come over. And uh, I'm sitting in my house. It's about... uh, 6.30 6.30 at night or something like that, and they knock on the door. and I'm drinking a beer, which was my habit. And uh, we invited them in. They came in, sat down, and Mike began to share about this weekend, kind of give me an overview of what it was about. And I, I'm really, okay, this is my opportunity to get out of this. And uh, so Mike says, okay, now here's the paperwork. Uh, can I, I'll, I'll fill it out for you. Just give me the information. You know, he was really excited to get me to go. And he says, okay, w- would that be okay with you? Once again, no, it's not okay. I really changed my mind. I don't want to go is what I'm thinking. But what I said is sure. <laughs> and I, I really, if, if I ever blame God for anything, that's it. Like putting words in my mouth that I didn't want there. <laughs> But uh, so anyway, I did that. He filled, he filled out the paper. And then when he's done, he says, Randy, would you mind praying? You know, because that's what he does. He prayed all the time. I, I never prayed out loud in my life. And uh, again, I did the thing, sure, when I was going to say no. But uh, so I'm, I'm thinking about praying. I'm sitting in my chair. I got my beer in my hand. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I wonder if God cares if I have this beer. So I took the beer, I set it down kind of behind the chair. 
so he wouldn't see it. Anyway, I said some kind of prayer, have no idea what it was. Mike thanked me and left. And I go to this weekend. So, very long story, very long story. I'm on this weekend, and what it is, is uh, there's 15 talks during this three-day period, five days, or five a a day. Uh, Three of them are from clergy, and two of them are from lay people. So we're, we're at the, the number four person of the day. And I went up to Mike, the guy that brought me there, and I said, listen, I'm done with this. I'm totally done. I'm about to go out of my mind. And he looks at me, and he's very nervous. Mike was actually afraid of me. I was a tough guy back in those days. Today I'm a soft guy. But in those days, I, I acted tough anyway. And... Uh, He's going, well, well, I'll tell you what, let, let's just go through the, the last speaker, and if you still want to go, I'll take you home. And I said, well, get your keys out, because we're going. <laughs> and uh, all right, so time passes, and the fifth speaker comes up. And I'm sitting there in the, at this table, and this little guy comes up to the podium. He's about five foot five a little overweight, wearing a light blue suit that doesn't fit him. In fact, he, he just barely could button it, and it was, you know, and he had a green tie on that didn't go with the suit. And I thought, this is a comedy act. <laughs> Literally, I thought that. He's here to entertain us and all that, and he's looking very nervous, and uh, he's got his talk, and he puts it on the podium. He has overheads. You know what overheads are? Some of you probably don't. It's one of those little machines and projects up there. He put his first overhead on, and it was perfect. And I said, that overhead and him don't go together. (laughs) There's no way. And it was his wife that did the overhead, so I turned out to be correct. Anyway, so he's very, very nervous. And he's trying to begin... But he's struggling, and he's trying to line up what he's going to say with the overhead that he has on the the thing. And they're not going together. And it took him five minutes, and he's just totally messed up. And finally, he just takes a deep breath, takes his talk, and just throws it on the floor. And I went, huh, that's interesting. Now what's he going to do? And so he... He steps out from around the podium. He unbuttons his coat, thank God, because it just didn't look right. And uh, it kept me from laughing. And he began to tell his story. He just shared his testimony with the group. He had this really well, I read the talk later. The talk was good. But he didn't give any of that talk. He just shared his story. And as he was sharing his story, I went from making fun of him to really hanging on every word he said. I mean, God really got my attention through this man. He was a, I called him the frumpy farmer. And uh, that's what he was, a farmer. And in my opinion, frumpy, uh, whatever that means to you. So anyway, he's telling that his story and everything he said was true of me in my life. He, he abused his wife. He was a heavy drinker. 
uh, verbally abused his wife. Well, let me clear that. I, n I never hit my wife, but I did verbally abuse her over the years. And uh, he, just, he told that story. And when he was done, I, I was just like, I, I don't know what I was. I, I was overwhelmed, maybe. And I thought, that, that was good. And Mike came up to me, and he says, okay, are you ready to go? I said, no, I'm staying, which shocked him. And, uh, but in that moment, I mean, I didn't get born again or anything, but God was beginning to work on me pretty heavy. And uh, so I went through the rest of this weekend. Now, on these weekends, they do some silly things. I mean, growing men singing in these ridiculous songs that I won't try to sing them to you or anything, but there, there were some songs. And uh, we, we had to sing for our supper, for crying out loud. There was 20 guys on that weekend, and there's 20 guys singing for their supper. So I, I mouthed the words, didn't really sing them, but... So one of the songs that we sang, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it has a name, but it, it starts out, Have you seen Jesus, my Lord? Have you seen Jesus, my Lord? That's the start of it. All right, I'm back home now. It's Monday morning. I go to work. Uh, not born again, but thinking about what happened. I go into work. I was a, a foreman in a welding shop where we welded. We did bridges and high rises and stuff like that. And I punched in the clock, and that song came into my head. Have you, over and over again, have you seen Jesus, my Lord? Over and over, all morning long, have you seen Jesus, my Lord? And, I mean, it's affecting how I'm working I, uh, and everybody goes, what's up with you, Catlett? And I go, I, I don't know. And uh, so anyway, noon comes. What I did is uh, there's a bar right up the street. I went up to the bar and got a beer. I said, this will straighten me out. And I drank a beer and then came back. And uh, one o'clock came. I got back in, into the shop and uh, got a blueprint in front of me. And I mean, I almost literally see the words on this blueprint. Have you seen Jesus, my Lord? And I thought, oh, my gosh, it hasn't gone away. It's driving me crazy. And uh, all day long, five, five o'clock comes, I punch out, song goes away. I went, Whoo. so I drove home in peace and got home and the evening went and came. Next morning I go, I clock in. The second verse of that song came into my head. And that is, he's here in plain view. So Monday, have you seen Jesus, my Lord? Tuesday, he's here in plain view. And I'm going, oh, no, I can't take another day of this. And, uh, but nevertheless, there it was. He's here in, all, day, all morning long, over and over and over again. And uh, lunchtime comes. Uh, I've had it. So I go out between the two shops, and I yell at God. And I, and I said, all right, I've had enough of this. Make that get out of my head. And it went away. And I thought, 
Randy won, God nothing. I mean, I, I was scoring that until I went back into the shop, shut the door. He's here in plain view over and over and over again. So, as was my habit, I come home at night. When I punched out, the song did not go away. He's here in plain view. Just kept playing over and over in my mind. I get home, as was my habit. I drive in the garage, get out. We had a shower in the basement because you get really dirty in a welding shop. And I would take a shower, and I'm in the shower, and this thing's going in my head, crescendoing, and I'm, I'm literally kind of beating myself in the head trying to get rid of it. And finally, I just said, okay, God. If This guy's name, by the way, this frumpy farmer's name was Kenny. And I said, if everything Kenny said is true, I will follow you. And I went out. I don't know for how long. I got really wet in the shower. But uh, I got up and I just felt a peace in my life that I'd never, ever felt before. It was amazing. Now, now I've got a problem. I got up, got dressed. My wife hasn't come home from work yet. And I'm thinking, wow, what am I going to do? She, she will not understand this. Because I went from this guy who was always putting her down, you know, and I, I was this guy, always had a beer in my hand, and now I'm, I'm following God. How, how will that work? So I asked the Lord. I said, I, I don't know how to deal with this, so you're going to have to help me. And uh, anyway, I just sat there. I mean, her story, if you heard her story, it would be way different than mine. But uh, she was freaked out by it, actually. And I thought I was doing a great job, you know, of covering this up. She says, how do you cover up not saying one abusive word to me? not drinking a beer, and acting very nice when you've been a jerk most of your life, you know? And uh, so anyway, that's basically how I got born again. And uh, it, it was really, really cool for me. And then, and then my wife went through, they have a men's weekend, and then they had a women's weekend, and she went through it. Uh, we were Lutherans. You've got to kind of understand that. And I'm not putting down Lutherans, but uh, that's enough said on that. Um, <laughs> all right. I, if I was going to title this anything, I would call this word I have imagine. Every year I ask the Lord for a word and a scripture. And uh, this year, on the second day, it was January 2nd, he gave me the word Imagine. I'd been praying about it. I want a word. And then I go, imagine. Wow, that's, that's a cool word. I'll, I'll take that. And then the scripture was 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, I want you to think about that. That's an amazing scripture. And I, you know, I've read the word, I've read the entire Bible a few times and all that. But a lot of times we just kind of speed read or whatever over particular passages of Bible. And I really never paid any attention to that particular verse. But to think about and imagine 
that it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind, our minds haven't even conceived or imagined what God has for us who love him. That's amazing, that scripture. That means there's a whole bunch out there, a whole bunch coming. And so I got this word, and I'm kind of milling it over in my mind, and it was about a month later, I picked this book up. It's called Imagine Heaven. Now, I don't know if any of you have read this book, but if you haven't, buy it and read it. This book has changed my life. It's changed my whole concept of heaven, actually. I've never really dwelled on heaven that much over all these years. I thought about it, what it must be like, and I've had every possible idea there is, I think. You know, I thought, oh, it's going to be boring. We're, we're just going to be on our knees, bowing and praying. And I says, you know, God, you're, you're amazing, but it just doesn't sound like fun to me. And uh, anyway, I can imagine now he was saying to me, no, you have no idea. You have no idea what heaven's going to be like. Zero. But I do want you to imagine heaven. And so I read this book. Now this book is about people who have died, went to heaven, and God is allowed to come back. And it's their stories. There's probably 30 stories or more in here about them. And they blow me away. Every story is amazing. And I'm reading through this, and of course one of the thoughts that came to me, I wonder how true this stuff is. And that's when he, I read, uh, he, he's saying, now, it's going to be hard for some of you to imagine these stories to be true. But he says, if you read the entire book and listen to the stories, they all have the same thread in them. And that thread is God is love. And what they were overwhelmed with was the love God has for them. Now, I've experienced love, and I believe God loves me. But after I read this book, I would spend time, and I still do, imagining. I let my... Do you all have an imagination? Do you use it? Well, buy this book and use it more, because this book is incredible. If it doesn't change your life, come see me. I'll help it. And uh, But I am serious. When they... This guy, John Burke, he's interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people that have died and went to... I mean, I think this book's probably about 40 years old. I don't know. It's been written a long time ago. It's not new. And uh, the thread in it is love. And I, I really want to capture how much God loves me. I mean, I really, really do. And I would sit sometimes in my chair at home, and I would be reading this book or reading the word, and i just go somewhere. And it's my imagination taking off. And just, okay, God, show me something here. And imagining heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven. Now, I am 76 years old, so I'm probably much closer to it than further away from it. But I've never really been excited about going to heaven. I I know it's next on the agenda. You die, 
and then you either go, I guess, to heaven or hell, and uh, choice is up to you. But uh, I would recommend heaven, and for those of you who don't think about it. But um, I guess I got a whole bunch of stuff here that I'm not going to get to. This is good because you don't want to hear it anyway. Uh, I sat in my chair, had my hands out, and this is one of the, the things that I imagine, and I would pray you would do it. I had my hands out, and in the distance I saw a man coming towards me. He was dressed in white, and he slowly was coming towards me, and I'm just sitting there like this, totally at peace. And... I don't know, after a few minutes, he, he gets closer and closer and closer, and it becomes obvious it's Jesus. And so now I'm really interested in what's going on, and as he draw, he comes completely up to me. He puts his hands under, mine are in his hands, and he just simply says my name. He goes, Randy. And I, I was overwhelmed by it. I've never heard my name so beautifully said in my life. And I felt nothing but his love. We were gazing into each other's eyes. And this is going to happen to every one of you. You're going to meet him face to face. And from this book, this book helped me. Almost all the people that talk about Jesus and what he, what he looks like, they can't describe him. But they do describe his eyes. And his eyes are like a deep blue, a blue they've never seen before, a blue that captures them. And what they say about that scenario is love. They felt loved like they've never understood love before. And that's what I was feeling in that moment in my chair. Just me and Jesus, him looking me straight in the eyes, me looking him in the eyes, and him saying my name. It was incredible. That was enough for me right now. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to come. Let's, if it happens tomorrow, I'm good with it. It probably isn't going to happen tomorrow. It might. But anyway, I just want you to, to really understand that scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Uh, and, th- and ponder on it. Spend some time on it. It, It's an amazing scripture if you just think about it, that your, your eyes and your ears haven't seen or heard, or your mind hasn't even imagined what he has for you, for you, each one of you personally. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Okay. I'm really proud of myself. I went over a half hour. But anyway, Ephesians 3.20 also says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's what we want. I want him to do uh, immeasurably beyond anything I can think. And he has done that. But they're just little small snippets. He's got so much more. So much more for each one of you. And I want you to embrace that into your lives and use your imagination. He gave you one. Yeah. 
and he loves you. So, Lord, I just I want to lift up this fellowship to you this morning. And, Lord, I pray that you would open up their imaginations, that they would go beyond where they'd been and imagine you. Imagine that face-to-face encounter where we stare into each other's eyes and we see nothing but your love. We feel no condemnation, no judgment. We just feel the amazing love that you have for us. So, Lord, help us to imagine that. And we just say this morning that we love you and we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you want to do anything? David doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, I set a record. This is good. Tell Matt that Randy went over a half hour. Oh, you're dismissed, by the way, if, if you want to go home.